0: The Utah Receiving Corps was supposed to be into for a huge year, but have gotten off to a slow start so far. Is that something that's going to change? And what does Kyle Whittingham think about the group's production so far? We're talking about it on Locked on
1: Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen. Every single day, we are available on all platforms. My name is JT Wistersill, former student intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we're going to be going over and breaking down why the wide receivers have gotten off to a slow start, as well as talking about some of those surprises Utah's had in their running game. And at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about Jaquinton Jackson and how I think this Utah team may want to consider move him using him more moving forward. But first, as we mentioned, talk about that receiving core with friend of the show, Sammy Mora. And Sammy, thank you for joining us from Ute Zone, as you do every Monday. And it's it was an interesting game for Utes on Saturday, right? 73 points. Wow. So many great things coming out of it. But one of the first things Coach Whittingham was at, asked about in his Monday press conference was the lack of production from the wide receivers, because. That was a big thing everyone expected going into this year. We all remember spring camp, Devon Vele was the breakout star, even had the huge catch down the sideline in the spring game. It's like, we're going to be seeing that a lot this fall. And through two games, it really happened. I mean, it's not surprising that Utah has still been led by Brant Keithy one game and Dalton Kincaid receiving another. But the amount of production is surprising because, I mean, at least I was someone who really fell for the hype. And I thought Devon Vele was going to lead this team in receiving yards. And through two games, you look at the Florida game, he only had three catches for 36 yards. and fact even i mean solomon has had two catches for 11 yards money parks one for four so you combine all your receivers up like that the, they barely are crossing 50 yards and then you look at the southern utah game and yeah money parks had three for 71 and i do think he's shown good flashes and hopefully he just continues to grow his role with this team but even devon still only two catches for 38 yards and the team's explosive second quarter where things were supposed to be firing on all cylinders, including a lot of production for those receivers. So I am surprised the receivers have gotten off to a slow start.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, but also at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of not. Um, Yeah. Like you, you, you do it. You have Devon Bailey of Solomon Ines, you have money parks, you have all of these guys that are very, very, very talented, but at the same time, like, you also have two very tight. You have two very talented tight yes. ends who are projected draft picks. So you want to feed them the ball as much as you can. And like, yeah, it got kind of predictable in the third, like the second quarter and third quarter when they're like, oh, let's just throw it to Keithy and Kincaid again. So I can see things shifting. It's just there's a multitude of things that I think people need to like take into consideration. First of what, first of which is Utah's offense is not built around the wide receivers. Uh-huh. Utah's offense is built around the run game, and the run game opens everything else up. So, for you to be able to get Devon the ball or have get him the ball in a more successful nature, you need to be opening up your running game. So, if your running game's struggling, like we saw against Florida at times, they forced the ball into areas and it wasn't very good. On Southern Utah, at the same time, like, you know, it was lesser competition. So, you go in and you, you can kind of do whatever you want. And yeah, it got predictable, but the run game opened up those passing lanes and the run game eventually got the ball to Vele and it got the ball to money and it got the ball to all those other wide receivers. And I, I just think, and I, I, I understand the, like the how, why Utah fans are upset because you have such great wide receivers. But at the end of the day, like you also got to acknowledge like who they're playing against too. Cause that's another thing. So, those teams that are very stout on the run defense like yeah you're probably going to be able to get some more yards through the air than you will be on the ground but then on the other side if you have if you're playing teams like a washington or an oregon that have superior like secondaries like you're going to want to be putting the ball on the ground and rushing it because you're not going to be able to get it moving and wit has said like oh yeah it's not that they're not getting open it's that they're not getting open enough which also very good point because wouldn't you rather, if if you're a quarterback, throw the ball into a position where, like, yeah, you want to throw it to a position where only your wide receiver can get it. But at the same time, throw it into a place when they're separated from that defensive back because you don't want or that corner or whoever is up against them. So I think separation is a big thing. And I know Devon is very gets very good separation off some of these corners and stuff. So it... <sighs> I'm saying I don't I'm saying don't hit the panic button right now. If we get to like week 5 or 5 or 6 and this is still an issue then yeah, it might be time to hit the panic button. But as of right now, I'm saying don't hit the panic button because you know this offense is still evolving. Like as much as they have all these key pieces still there from last season and and key contributors from seasons past, like at the same time like it's a different team. You have a different offensive line. You have different pieces in there and so you just need to work with it as it goes and it's just gonna it's just gonna take some time to develop and i know that utah fans are probably like sammy that is the stupidest thing you ever said we want success now i want su- success now too but at the same time i understand that you need to let things develop instead of forcing it when it's not ready
0: you have to do it it's hard no no one wants to be a patient fan right they don't want to let things wait and develop you want things and you want them now so that's the hard part about this but it is such an interesting issue because I feel like there are so many different parts and pieces to blame in this. And you talked about Coach Whittingham's comments a little bit. I mean, just talking about um, needs him to be more explosive, wants to see more from the receivers, those guys demanding the ball. He literally said, once again, we got through all last week talking with Coach Bumpus about how he wants Devon to demand the ball more. And then he's Coach Whittingham says, yeah, Devon still hasn't gotten on track. So something just still hasn't clicked there yet and just continues to talk about those guys being more aggressive and being more assertive. So you have seen the I th- lack of – Here's – wait
1: one sec, sorry. Here's my exactly. thing on that that the assertiveness and dominance kind of thing. I think it's not – I don't want to say an ego thing because ego usually has a negative connotation, but I think it is a – the way that the mentality of this Utah team is. It is a, it is a, a team mentality first, not an I mentality first. Sorry. Well, if if you were in another school, like it would be like you need to be demanding the ball. Like, if you are the star wide receiver, you have that. You are you are that guy.
0: That's what's going on at LSU right now. Keyshawn um, Boutte, I think, or yep. exactly. yeah, with
1: Keyshawn yeah. Boutte. Yeah, you but have he that. He have... was all
0: back because He's not getting the ball.
1: You have that going on at LSU. So it's like, I think Utah. Another thing is, is like, Vele has really bought into, and all of the other wide receivers have bought into the it's not just me. It's the team. It is a team mentality because at the end of the day, like, yeah, one person can have a game winning catch, but at the same time, like it takes the entire team to get to that point. And so I'm just, I think it's, it's, I don't want to say an ego thing because like all of the guys on this team are very not me centered. And I think for wide receiver, the wide receivers to have success, one of them is going to have to break out of that, that, team mentality and i don't say that i'm not saying that like i'm trying not to make this sound like they need to start rebelling against the team and everything like that but i think they need to get out of that like well i need to do what's best for the team and i need to be a team player because yeah like maybe being a team player is demanding the ball because you're putting the team in a better situation because you're getting open and you're giving the team more opportunities and you're giving cam more people to throw the ball to so that that's that's something else i just wanted to add that you triggered in my brain
0: yeah, no, and it, it is one of the things that's interesting because you have guys who come into this program, especially guys like Devon, who is a walk-on, who they don't expect to really get the ball or haven't in the past. So this is new for them, learning how to demand it, learning how to be more assertive with it. We're not on the sidelines, so we don't know. Are those guys going up and talking to Cam? Like, you don't want the guy who's coming up to you after every single play being like, hey, I was open on that one. No one likes that guy. But a couple times a game being reminded, of like, hey, did you see that out route there on that one? We, I got him there. Make sure you look my way next time. Just something there to add a little bit, just being a little more assertive.
1: That'll be brought up in film study too. Yes. That is something that is clearly brought up in film study. And I, I, there's people who are still latching on to wide open wide receivers or, or open wide receivers in the Florida game. And I, I, I just, I'm not saying it's time to move on, but at the same point, like Utah fans can't latch onto that game for the entirety of the season mm-hmm. because like, yeah, that game was important, but there are still, 10 other games on the schedule, one of which that is kind of important this Saturday because you never know what you're going to get with San Diego State.
0: Oh, I mean, if yeah, if you, if you overlook San Diego State, that could throw everything that we've been talking about, the expectations for this Utah team. They took a hit with the Florida game. It would be a nail in the coffin for some of those lofty goals this team set if something happened versus San Diego State. And we're going to talk about that more throughout the week as that game approaches. It should be a fun one on Saturday. But you do make a good point with the receivers just talking about how these guys do need to demand to be more assertive. But there is one other person I think is at blame in part for them not getting the ball more. And that is Cam Rising. I don't think, at least for me, he has been as sharp accuracy-wise as I expected. We talked about his improved arm strength coming into this season. And, yes, it was hard against the the Florida game as well, but I haven't seen that elite arm strength that we kind of talked about. I've also seen him miss on a few throws. I see him lock in on a couple reads a few times and predetermine where he's going to go with the ball rather than take what's been given to him. So I do agree with Coach Whittingham from what I've seen that it is still first these receivers need to – separate more on a consistent basis but i definitely put some of the blame in terms of the lack of production at cam's feet because i still feel like he could be playing
1: better yes and no i'm going to i'm going to qualify that statement because yeah there has been moments where cam has looked not very sharp and not very great but at the same time like everyone's comparing him to last season which he's already admitted that his arm was not not at 100% last year so if he he's at 100 this year like and okay here's another thing did he have to be 100 perfect with his reads versus versus suu no mm-hmm. because suu was would have given him anything but with florida yeah he needed to be i would say he needed to be at probably like a 99 on where he was at and i think he probably checked in at like a 95 because that was a Utah was coming into that Florida game after playing two big games back to back with the Pac 12 championship and the Rosewell. That was the third game on primetime TV with all the lights on them. And it was the first game of the season. So I'm not chalking that up to nerves because, like, yeah, Cam should have been used to those big stages. But at the same time, that's your first game you've played since January. Things are going to be a little, a little sus i want to say because like yeah practice is fun and stuff but practice nothing in practice can compare to live game reps and that is something that is i constantly talk about is when people are like well they they said he had a good fall camp or he had good practices yeah but practice sometimes doesn't equate to on game field situations so again with cam and his like like arm strength and if he hasn't been 100 like accurate and stuff like that and if he's locking on too early it's gonna get resolved Mm -hmm. it's a situation that i think ludwig and him have addressed and it will be worked on and i think that as the season progresses we see cam get more confident we see him get better we see him get more accurate we see him fully progressing through his reads we see him doing all the checking off all the boxes that he needs to do And like, I think I honestly think during the Southern Utah game, he was he looked a lot more confident than he did versus Florida. Florida. And so I think as the season goes on, his confidence is going to go up, which then means everything else is going to go up with it.
0: Yeah, it is going to be he's definitely going to grow and get better. I just know personally. I was I was expecting a little bit more to start the season and that's what's going to be fun to see is how he does respond moving forward. How him, the receivers and the offense as a whole does. It's going to be fun to talk about. But we've been focusing really a lot on the passing game. We're going to dive into Utah's run game in a second, but first I want to tell you guys about upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas groceries or dines out with every purchase i'm earning cash back thanks to upside guys upside is a quick simple easy app to help you guys get set up start saving money and help you out make sure you guys to get started download the free upside app or use the promo code locked on and get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more next claim the offer from wherever you're buying on upside check in app and the business pay as usual with credit card or your debit card and get paid. Upside users earn more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a four point eight star rating on the app store. So make sure you guys go over, download the free upside app and use promo code locked on to get use promo code LOCK. excuse me locked on is our bet online one so make sure you guys use locked just locked to get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more that's five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more using promo code locked and once again thank you to upside So we talked a lot about this Utah passing game and how it's been. And one thing that's been strong as it always is for Utah is the rushing game. Had success with it against Florida. Didn't start out phenomenally well in that first quarter. Started a little bit slightly. We've only had three rushing yards until I think Tavion broke one like right before the end of the first to help boost that a little bit. And then as the game went on, Tavion established himself and looked pretty much from the jump in this one as was the case with the rest of the offense. The running game was running really smoothly. But But what's been fun about this running game this season is watching a new guy emerge. Yes, we all knew Tavion Thomas. We all knew Mekhi Bernard. But I thought the third guy was going to be Jalen Glover. He he got in, and he showed some fun flashes of the future and what's going to be. And I think he's going to be a star. But – Right now, Chris Curry is this team's third back, and I can see why. He runs incredibly hard. I give him so much credit for staying with this team as well. I know he already transferred from LSU, but you see guys transfer a lot, and he's a guy who easily could have left for more carries somewhere else, but he stayed here. He's committed to helping this team, and once again, just brings an extra element of power that I think really helps, and it was great seeing him get into the end zone.
1: I've been a big Chris Curry fan for a while at this point. Yeah. Um... You know, in the spring there was a lot of talk about how he had improved and how he had gotten more confident as a runner and stuff like that. And so I think, I think this is this is a culmination of quite a few things for him. I think it's a culmination of him grinding it out and working hard and keeping his head down and keeping doing what he needs to do. And I also think it's. Uh, it's, it's that one-year factor because you know how people have some time said that you need to be in, in Andy Ludwig's system for a year to fully process it and fully understand what your part is in it. And I think that's part of the reason why I think we're seeing him he him come out now. And I think, honestly, the, another thing is is this is going to lay a pretty good foundation and a, and a, and a fun one at that for um, if Tavion leaves for the NFL this year, like who yeah. is going to be that number one running back? Because you're going to have a three-horse race between Curry – McKay Bernard and Jalen Glover and I think I think honestly like any three of them could win it uh, because each of them brings something different to the table I love McKay's speed off the edge I think he's just he's just a fast just fast back and I really love that whereas Jalen is very much a a mini Tavion like he will truck stick you like he will truck you and just keep going like we saw it on Saturday he laid his shoulder into a couple of guys and just kept on going (laughs) Uh, and then there's I think you can put Chris in the middle between those two Mm -hmm. because Chris didn't shy away from contact on Saturday, but at the same time when he hit the boosters, he was gone. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I love it when guys stick around for an extra year or whatever, and they, they finally see success. And so he's, he's a fun guy. I've loved him. I've loved him for a while. I think he's, He's a great back. He's a great guy. He's a fun person to, like, just talk to and be around. So I loved seeing him succeed on uh, on Saturday. And I think every year I pick one player that I kind of am, like, a, like, Stan account for and that I just love. And I honestly think it's going to be Chris Curry this year because, like, we saw a little bit of him during Florida. Like, he had, I think, 13 yards on five carries during Florida. So we had a little taste of what he could do. But Saturday was, like, hi – I'm Chris I'm here to play and he really showed what he did and that that touchdown um I talked to him today at practice uh full stories on youthzone.com if you want to go check that out and he just said like that touchdowns gonna be so memorable to him because his daughter was in the stands like his his That's little cool. his his little daughter was there watching him his first ever collegiate touchdown and so it's stuff like that that also makes this sport so much fun is seeing all of these memories that are made from players with their families and their friends and everything
0: yeah it's one of the things that made it so great just being back at rice Eccles was that atmosphere the, sammy the only thing i think i gotta push back on is i don't know if i can handle another curry stan account there's already so many of them on twitter i i don't know if i can handle another
1: i feel like i was the og because honestly i was loving on him like spring camp oh yeah <laughs> like spring camp maybe even a little bit because he had he had a couple of gra- a couple of carries last year yes at like in like garbage time at times but he i it just didn't seem like it clicked and so i think maybe a full off season, another full off season at utah probably helped him a lot so but i will be the 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 head of all the the uh chris curry fan accounts because i i love i i honestly i'm gonna go on record and say this i thought chris was gonna beat tavion out prior to last season because because well, yeah, i didn't Cause we didn't know what was like, what Tavion was yeah. like. We saw Tavion and we saw Chris and we saw Makai yeah. and we said, who's going to be the back. And I honestly, Oh, and TJ Pledger also in that mix. And I kind of, I kind of went with Chris Curry. I look back on that now. And I said, that was kind of a dumb mistake, but at the same time, like maybe next year I'm right. And Chris Curry's a starting running back for the university of Utah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I, I'd, I'd still hold on to that stock because you look at a guy like Makai, you mentioned him. I mean, there's still a chance he could go because you look at what TJ Pledger did going to the draft after a productive year as the second back. I could easily see Makai doing that as well. So could it be a good time to have some Curry stock saved up. Another group I think that's really started to improve over the year and just showed a lot of potential as a deep room is this offensive line. We saw how dominant the first team was we expected versus Southern Utah. Also great just to see the second team offensive line really go out there and dominate as well. You could see why it was such a difficult decision for the coaches to put together and figure out, all right, who are our guys going to be? And so credit to that group for coming together and they have started to come together. Even I think Satawa is still taking a little bit to get comfortable at right tackle. Utah his first sack of the season was on him to me. The defensive end crossed his face, I know, but that's a twist situation. Pass him off to the guard, let the, let the big old defensive tackle, because I'm being honest, that guy was not moving very fast. So if you pass him off and only commit one hand rather than lock on, you're getting the defensive tackle twisting as well. But outside of that, I'd rather have that moment happen earlier in the season as well, because that's one you watch film, you learn, and you grow from. So And Brain Daniel's still getting a little comfortable at left tackle as well. I thought that would be a little bit more of a seamless acclimation than I think it has been, and a lot of credit to that goes how good Bryant Cox is at well for Florida. I think he is gonna be a really good player at the next level, someone that wasn't on my radar until that game as well. So, and between the interior of the offensive line as well, I'm really encouraged by the steps this group is taking. And I think they're coming together faster than we saw the 2021 O-Block.
1: I honestly any group would have come fast come together faster than the 2021 O-Block. I think yeah. most people would agree with that one just because it was so like the, the 2021 season in a, it, as a whole was just chaotic, um especially those first three games were just – it was just insane. And so I think, you know, and you also – I think a lot of people forget that last season, like, we had offensive linemen transfer out midseason. Like, yeah. Sammy Moala transferred out right after the San Diego State game. So you have – you lose a big producer right – you lose – Whoa! I am like my my words are just not good tonight. Um, you live you lose a key piece of your offensive line right there when he transfers, and so then everyone was like, "Well, how's it going to be this year without Bam?" So Bam Adele Oleseni and Nick Ford, and honestly, like you had depth and you had young guys there, so I don't see why it was an. Issue. I understand why it was kind of an area of concern because you didn't have you had a lack of ex- of live experience, but at the end of the day, like they got time and garbage time last year, so they've had experience. And like you had Falcon Kamotule, who took all of the reps behind Jaron, like him and he took J- Falcon took all of the reps ahead of Jaron in spring camp. Mm-hmm. And then when Jaron came back in fall, it was like a it was like a like a split like Jaron Falcon kind of thing to see who could win it. And uh spoiler alert, neither one did. <laughs> so technically Jaron did, and then it got moved to. Michael later in the season like in the first game mm-hmm. but it's just and it's like I I have faith in Jim Harding at like 85 percent of the time you know there's always that like rest of the time like last year people were like he needs to be fired blah blah blah. and it's like well he went on to win offensive line like offensive like line coach of the year or something like that like he he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. so it's not like you, you like you're you're going up against an offensive line coach who doesn't know what he's doing and so, I think this also comes back to, again, once again, trust the process. Like, it's going to work itself out. Like, whatever's going on, it's going to work itself out eventually. And especially with the offensive line, like, you, they've been recruiting that position very hard for the last couple of years. Trying to get bigger guys, more athletic guys, guys that they can just focus on playing one position. Because that has been an issue with Utah's offensive line in years past, where they have moved guys all over that offensive line. So they can't focus on just getting good at that one position. Like Nick Ford, I think, is one of the biggest examples. Nick Ford played every single position on that offensive line during his tenure at Utah. That is not something you want your offensive line to be doing. Like that is. That is insane. Like, yeah, everyone was like, Whoa, that's super impressive. But at the end of the day, that shows like how chaotic Utah's offensive line was at times that they didn't have enough guys to play left tackle, let's say. So they're just like, Okay, let's move Nick over to left tackle because we have eighteen guys who can play right guard uh-huh. and we don't we it's just honestly, I think it this is this is a, a fruit of uh, like a labor of like love at this point because Utah's been recruiting it they've been recruiting guys who can play at one position on that offensive line so that they can stay in that one position for however long they're going to be in you on the program or in the program so that you don't have the situation of constant mix and match and plug and plays and in and, and all of this hullabaloo and chaos that we had last season because oh. the offensive line is the key in my opinion the offensive line is the like the foundation that holds any offense together. And I think people sure. are probably like, yeah, duh, that's not, like, duh. Or people are like, why aren't you thinking it's quarterback? The quarterback I know, can't the Offensive get
0: the- lines are still devalued, though. There's still a lot of people who don't understand how important that position is, I think.
1: The quarterback cannot get the ball unless it is snapped by the center. <laughs> the center and the quarterback need to be on the same wavelength. They need to understand each other. The center needs to know understand his 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 if it's a silent count he needs to understand a silent count if he has a signal from the quarterback he needs to understand that and the quarterback and him need to be like on the same page in one like one person then you also if you're a quarterback i would rather you have to have complete faith on these five guys in front of you that you're not going to get blown up on every single play Because if you get blown up on every single play, then your running back's not going to get the ball, or your tight end's not going to get the ball, or your wide receiver's not going to get the ball. So without the offensive line, nothing is going to happen. And I think Utah has a young offensive line that, yes, they have some flaws right now still that they're trying to work out, but at the same time, they have bodies, which is something Utah could not have said in previous seasons, and they have bodies that are focusing on just one position. End of rant.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm always down for an offensive line rant so I appreciate it. And it's so true. It's something where if there's an injury along this offensive line, I feel good about the depth that's going to step in, especially after watching Saturday's game, because you see what those guys are capable of doing. And even though Satao has been right guard for most of the time, I've been encouraged by him playing at right tackle. And I think Michael Mokafisi's done a fantastic job as well. And I mean, hey, Paul Miley's another guy, too. I think he's been killing As we've been talking about some of these other guys, it's hard to get noticed when you're at center, but I've been loving what Paul's doing. And I think this group is in a very good position. And this Utah offense is in a really good position, but everything can always be better, of course. And one thing I would like to see this Utah offense add, and some people might think, take this as a little bit of a surprise, but I would like to see the jaquintin Jackson package return. I know it can be hard when you have your quarterback and you want him to go the entire time, and Cam is fantastic. And he can do things. He can run the ball. is just not as effective as JaQuinton. But just, you saw it in the one run versus Southern Utah, and I know it was against Southern Utah, but my gosh, when he takes off and gets in the open field, no one can take him down. It's a thing of beauty. He's one of the most electric athletes on this team with the ball in his hands, regardless of position. I know they used it a while, and then he had the fumble. I believe it was against Washington State, and then they got rid of that package a year ago. Personally, I would like to see them reinsert it just in spots, not even in the red zone, just in times over the field. And, yeah, it's going to be predictable most of the time you're going to run. But, I mean, I just think if you're doing a read option between him and Tavion, I think that's getting positive yards pretty much no matter what. And just when teams start to pack the box a little bit too much, let Ja make an easy throw to the outside because someone doesn't respect his throwing ability at all. This is still a guy who was a quarterback at Texas before coming to Utah. So he can get it done if he needs to throwing. Now, like I said, 90% of the time, 99, honestly, percent of the time I just want him running it when he's in there. But if he's ever disrespected, I'd like to see him air it out. But I want to see some more Jaquindan.
1: Was it taken out of the playbook or did they just not call it for the rest of the season? Because that that is that is the that is the 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 line you walk with a situation like that. Because it was obviously probably still in that playbook, but they just never had the opportunity to bring it out again.
0: Opportunity, or because I think it's because of the fumble. I don't think they. I
1: don't back think to it the was the fumble. fumble. I don't oh, think okay. it was the fumble because they have Tavion fumbled multiple times last year, and he still kept his job. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, that was, I mean, every
0: running back was fumbling though, so it wasn't like there was one guy who wasn't fumbling for a while. That's why I feel like they stayed with Tavian versus they knew how sure-handed Cam was going to be, and that he could still run. I
1: I think I think we might see some of the JJ packages again this season, but the but the same thing is is the thing is is it needs to be in the right situation and it needs to be in the right context because you have a massive weapons at your disposal. We already talked about the wide receivers not yes. getting the ball and stuff like that, so. Like, yeah, bring in the package when you're like in like like a like a jump like do a jumbo Jaquindin package. So do do Jaquindin, Tavian, put Logan Kendall in there as well, and then maybe a tight end and just it. and just go big mm-hmm. just big on the two yard line and maybe you get into the end zone finally. Like I don't see it being in a situation where it's like third and ten, and they're like, oh, let's bring in Jaquindin <laughs> yeah. to do the the wildcat like. Or, like, if it's like second and five, like, maybe, but at the same time, I think it's going to be like a specialty package because, like, I've said previously, if you do something once in one game, like, it is going to be on film for every single one of your opponents for the rest of the season. So, if they keep, if they sit on Jaquinton and not like, and like, I use this term loosely, like, not let him do anything, like, I think honestly, it might be a benefit for Utah because less teams are going to have film on him and less teams are going to know how to, like, like prepare and plan for him so yes we might see it but at the same time like if we don't see it i'm not saying like everyone go up in arms and like start going crazy and stuff because like if you have four good running backs on your program in your program you have two all-american tight ends you have a plethora of wide receivers that are really good like that should be kind of towards like the bottom of your list of like things we should pull out in my opinion, because also Cam can get it done with his legs, too. Yes. So it's not like you have it's not like you have uh, an SUU quarterback whose name escapes me right now. I, his last name is Miller, who who is not a mobile quarterback in any way, shape or form. And so you have to. And they literally did that. They literally pulled out Miller and put in another quarterback whenever they wanted to do a quarterback sneak or a quarterback rush or design run play because Miller's not mobile. Whereas Utah has Cam who is mobile already, so I don't see why you would need the situation of like, well, we got to put Jaquinnon in now for a quarterback rush. So maybe we'll see it. Maybe we won't. But at the, at the end of the day, I, if we see it, great. I love Jaquinnon. If we don't see it, I'm not saying it's not going to be the end of the world.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree with pretty much everything you said there, because to me it's just something I want to see because I think it would help this offense a little bit. Utah will never lose a game because Jaquindon Jackson did not see a field. I think he can still help them, and we look back on, oh, hey, look at this one time he helped them get a first down. Him coming in on third and 10 would be like my worst night scenario. I would definitely not want to see that, but I think that he can provide something just because of that athleticism, and it would be fun to see. But at the end of the day, if he doesn't see the field, this Utah team will be fine. I just love watching him play football because I think he is absolutely electric in every sense of the word.
1: I like, I like, I love watching Jaquindon play at the same time. And I, I wish nothing but success for him because he has had a long and hard road to get to where he's at right now. And every, when he came in the game, everyone was so excited and so happy. And, I, I, I think it, it plays into like his development. Witt said he was one of the most developed players in the offseason. Like, mm-hmm. It's there, and the light bulb is, is about to click on, but I still think there's something that's like hasn't clicked yet to make him that full dual-threat quarterback that Utah has come to love because Utah used to not be a dual-threat quarterback school. They used to be a strictly pocket-passing school, and then yeah. you know, a young guy named Tyler Huntley came in and kind of, threw it on its head so yeah
0: yeah really helped change things around and it's gonna be fun to see what this Utah offense continues to do moving forward as they prepare for their big game against San Diego State huge thanks to Sammy as always for coming on if you guys want to follow her make sure you follow her at s underscore mora 99 as well as check out a lot of the great content she has coming up with Ute Zone she talked with coach Jim Harding today Chris Curry as well as a few other players am I missing anyone Sammy
1: um, I was just scrumming with uh Harding yes. and oh oh Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid. I jumped in the Dalton Kincaid scrum.
0: He had a pretty good game this past weekend, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he did, you know. I mean <laughs> I mean at this point I'm just like you know how like they say like let Russ cook. I, at this point I'm just like let the tight ends cook. Yes. <laughs> that's that's that it, it brings me joy. So
0: It does bring me joy as well because they are so fun and electric to watch. If you guys are also looking to learn more about the Pac-12, make sure you guys head over to Locked on Pac-12. Our host, Spencer McLaughlin and other local Pac-12 experts will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Lots of fun game recaps going on early on as well as game previews coming up for what's another fun week is we're now two weeks through officially, a little more if you can week zero, but two weeks officially through the college football slate. Make sure you guys keep it here at Locked on Utes for the rest of the week. Follow us on Twitter and appreciate all you guys Subscribing to the YouTube channel as well as we did just cross 400 subscribers. So thank you guys as always, and we'll see you tomorrow on Locked On Use.